your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everyone and welcome to this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And thank you all, of course, so much for making the Locked On Penguins podcast your first listen of the day. So let's go streaking a little bit, huh? I'm really hoping that everyone that said this team was dead about a week, week and a half ago, or, you know, it's time to panic after those losses. I really hope those people are eating some good crow right now because the last I checked, at least as of last night, the Penguins were back in a playoff position. Yes, you, you, heard, you heard me right. They are in that last playoff position. Actually, right now, they are tied with the Columbus Blue Jackets for 20 points. There are five points behind the New York Rangers, seven points behind the Capitals, and then, I mean, Carolina's going to be awfully hard to catch at this point. They're 14-2-1 and two and one this year. You know, the Flyers are right behind Pittsburgh. The Devils are right behind them as well, as are Detroit. The standings are very close for um, a number of teams. And then you get to the the basement with Ottawa, Montreal, and the Islanders. The Islanders will be, the, that will be the Penguins' Black Friday game in a few days, but Overall, just a really awesome road trip for this team. They outscore the opposition 11-1, to if my math serves me right. The only goal that Jari allowed was just a seeing eye shot. He was screened a little bit there. He just had no chance of seeing it. And, you know, my biggest takeaway, I think, overall, not from just this game, but this road trip as a whole, was that they were playing a level of team defense that I don't think I have seen in four to five years. And what I but I mean that and what I mean by that is, you know, they were employing their one, two, two neutral zone trap um just as good as how they did it in 2016, 2017. Because when Pittsburgh took a lead into the third period, or when they took the lead in the third period as they did against the Winnipeg Jets, the opposition had nothing the other way. The only good scoring chance that I can remember from those games combined was that Kyle Connor breakaway that he flubbed because the ice was so bad. And it's weird that the ice was bad considering they're in Winnipeg where it's cold almost all year round. But, I mean, the Penguins just shut the door, especially in these last two games. And also, I should say, they keep playing hard even when they have a lead. You know, some Penguins teams of the past, when they would get a lead, they would kind of turtle even earlier this year. You know, when they had a lead in the third period or when they took the lead, you know, they were giving up all these six on five goals or, you know, a tying goal with three minutes left. And I'm pretty sure Bob Airy said on one of the recent broadcasts that when Mike Sullivan came back to the team, he chewed them up a little bit because he was sick and tired of watching them give up six on five goals. And I mean, he's right, you know. It, you really should not be giving up a lot of six on five goals just because there's 11 freaking skaters plus the goalie out there that you should, if you're an NHL team, you should probably be giving up one or two six on five goals a season. If that, it's just really hard to score in the situation just because um, there's so many guys out there. But anyway, go get back to my overall point. And ever since that Minnesota game, Pittsburgh has been much better at defending the lead late in the period. And I think a big part of that has been Mike Sullivan drilling it into them, you know, to keep playing hard, limit the chances in the offensive zone or the defensive zone, excuse me, you know, and that's exactly what the Penguins did or have done these last few games. Because last night when Danton Heinen got his sixth goal of the season, and that is now six, Jeff, four more till my free cockeye barbecue, um, 
Yeah, I just wasn't worried that much anymore just because of how they were playing on the road trip. Again, Winnipeg only had that one good scoring chance the rest of that period, and then all the other times they were basically one and done in the Penguins' defensive zone. So just a fantastic performance, especially defending that lead late. I will say I did not like the start that Pittsburgh had. It, it looked like that they definitely didn't find or have their legs at the start, the Winnipeg Jets goal scorer, I'm pretty sure it was named Tony Otto, but I just call him Tomato Town because that, that that's just what his name reminds me of. Just, again, a seeing eye shot. But, you know, after that period, Mike Sullivan must have said something in that locker room because they came out with a purpose in the second period. Jason Zucker was able to score his first game in what I believe was 11 games. And I'm glad that he was rewarded for his strong play as of late. I've said this so many times on recent episodes. I'll say it again here. This is not the same Jason Zucker that we saw from last season. You know, he's getting all these chances and he's actually finishing them compared to last year when he would get the chances, but, you know, just nothing was going his way. And he's also, his playmaking ability has been great this year. Even when he was not finishing his chances last year, he wasn't even making any good plays with the puck, you know, with some awesome passes or anything like that. This year, he has done that and then some, so I was really happy to see him rewarded there with a goal to tie the game. I was liking how Connor Hellebuck was playing. I mean, he's just, he's ridiculous. You know, we haven't seen him in about a year and a half now, but, you know, he's turned into quite the goaltender for the Jets, and if he's not starting on Team USA, um, the the head person who's going to run the national team is just ridiculous. I know Sullivan's going to be the coach, but if he's not the number one goalie that's picked, um, that's just that, that's ridiculous because he really is. There were so many great saves that he made in the first period early on in the second. I think there was almost like a, close to a scorpion that he had on Jake Gensel. There was one on, I think, Kapanen that he stoned him. Sidney Crosby was stoned in the first 30 seconds to a minute of the first period. He is an absolute menace in net, and it's easy to see why he is one of the premier goalies in the league. And I will say this as well. It actually was fun to watch the Jets as a whole and not have them be carried by Connor Hellebuck the entire game because there is some serious talent there with Winnipeg. You know, Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler, Nikolai Ehlers, Kyle Connor, watching him for the first time in about a year and a half last night. Um, he's going to be on the top six on Team USA as well. He has some amazing hands. And I thought overall, just a fun game to watch because, you know, both these teams were getting some good chances offensively. Both goalies were playing awesome. I'll get to Trish and Jari a little bit later on in this episode. But I thought it was another, just a strong win over another pretty good team. And I was glad to see Danton Heinen get back on the score sheet yet again. I'm glad that he has found his hands again. I need, need I not remind you, everyone, seven goals in, what, 40, 50 games last year? Already has six goals in like 17 or 18 games this year. That's just a ridiculous number. And goes to show that I was finally right about one of my hockey takes. I knew he was going to be such a strong fit in Mike Sullivan's system because it's so similar to the system that he ran with Boston. You know, he was able to roam around a little bit there. He wasn't relied upon too much for his defensive work like he was in Anaheim. Now that that 
burden is is placed off him a little bit. He can just be himself more, and he's been a rocking fit on whatever line he's been on. I would love to see him get top six minutes, I think, at some point. I think when Evgeny Malkin comes back, the Penguins' second line needs to be Danton Heinen, Evgeny Malkin, and Kasperi Kapanen. Not only do I think um, that could get Evgeny Malkin going um, or if he has to start slow, but I also think that could get Kapanen going as well because you know he continues to be um, in a little bit of a rut. That's just basically your daily segment or little statement about Kasperi Kappen. Not Nothing about his game improved at all last night. You know, he's, it's just, it's worse than I think Jason Zucker at this point right now. I feel really bad for him. Um, Jake Gensel was able to seal it with an empty netter. That is another goal for Jake this season. And he was around the net a whole lot in that game. I'll get to the incident with Connor Hellebuck in just a second, but um, Gensel already eight goals in 15 points in 17 games. That slow start, um, that is a thing of the past. If you go back now, these last five games, he has goals in five straight games. It started against Washington on the 14th, Buffalo, Montreal, Toronto, and Winnipeg. So I think the demise of Jake Gensel from some has definitely been greatly exaggerated. I will say about a couple weeks ago, I wanted to see more from him because he started out really slow and he wasn't looking like himself. I am glad that he told me to basically shut the hell up because he has been a rock for this team for the last week and is playing like the Jake Gensel that we all know he can be. He's on pace for, I believe, 30, 32 goals right now, something like that. So um, he is totally fine. A great hustle on that empty netter as well. You know, there was really no one around him to be the icing, but you know he was still able to do a, a nice little wrap around past one of the Winnipeg Jets defensemen. I don't really know why Paul Maurice was pulling the goalie with two thirty left down one. I think he could have waited another thirty to forty five seconds, but it was still nice um, of Jake to put it away at that point as he continues to crush it lately. Um, and you know what? He also continues to crush the opposing goaltenders. I am sick and tired of seeing Jake Ensel plow over goalie after goalie after goalie. I believe we saw him do it against the Capitals. We have now seen him do it against uh, the Winnipeg Jets with Connor Hellebuck. And I'm pretty sure we saw him do it um, was it against Buffalo last week? I, I don't really remember the other game, but he's got to stop that crap. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and watch Jake turn into Chris Kreider before our very eyes where, you know, he's going to seriously injure a goalie at some point if he keeps this up. And then the opposing fan base is not going to forget about it. Just like the Montreal fans have not forgotten what Chris Kreider did to Carey Price in that 2015 Eastern Conference final. I mean, in my opinion, that definitely changed the outcome of that series because it was definitely, I think, a low-key dirty play for him. I, I just don't want to see Jake do anything stupid like that. But um, that ends the first segment of the show. Overall, people, you don't need to panic about this team. They are totally fine right now. They got their mojo back. Six out of six points. They have another very winnable game coming up on Wednesday against the Vancouver Canucks. They have a chance to make it four in a row before going to Long Island to play the Islanders. Then they have the Montreal Canadiens, I believe, at home at PPG Paints Arena. This is setting up to be a pretty nice run before that massive Western Canada, Seattle, then Washington road trip that they have to undergo in December in about, what, a week, week and a half, something like that. So I'm just really happy with the play of the team overall. You know, they needed to respond in that game against Montreal, and it really carried over for these last couple games too. But coming up in the next segment, we're going to go over um, Evan Rodriguez and why I think he needs to play no matter who is in the lineup. You know, when Evgeny Malkin especially comes back, um, I think Dominic Simone would have to be the player that comes out, not Evan Rodriguez. So I'll touch 
into how he's been able to play so well this year. I'll also get into Tristan Jari because he deserves all the praise in the world right now. Um, and there's so much more to come for this episode, including, of course, the listener takeaways that I asked a lot of you all to send in. I'm always grateful for everyone sending those in. Now, before we do get into the next segment, uh, Thanksgiving, it's only a couple days away. There's all that good food and treats, plenty of them, and maybe you do want that yummy dessert, but it isn't so full of calories and sugar. That means it's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. You can feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut built bar or go for a raspberry built bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, which I mean, it's kind of crazy since it's in less than 48 hours, you can still go for a built bar or two. There's new surprises all month, limited time flavors arriving at built.com regularly. So please check the site often. You can go to built.com and use promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That is promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So overall, I mean, we can't go this episode without touching on Evan Rodriguez. Had that amazing pass to Jason Zolkern last night to get the primary assist on his goal, and he is just rocking right now. There was a shift, I think, in the third period where he was knifing through um, the Winnipeg Jets forwards and the defense. I even tweeted about this on my Twitter account as well. And it was just like, was that Evgeny Malkin out there making his return or something like that? Because Rodriguez, I mean, he is feeling himself if he is just, again, knifing through guys and making all these dekes and just, you know, he's being himself out there. And there were a lot of people during this offseason who thought it was a mistake to bring Evan back. I, I thought it was fine. I think he was a perfectly good depth forward for the team last year. I just didn't think I saw this kind of season coming from Evan. And I don't think anyone did either. You can make an argument that he has been their team's best forward this year. Six goals, 13 points in 18 games. His 13 points are... He had 14 points in 35 games last year. He is already about to tie that mark in basically half of the games. His career high was with Buffalo, or total was with Buffalo. 29 points for the 2018-19 season. I mean, he's almost halfway there as well. If you go down to um, his rate metrics, has a 2.7 points per 60 this season. I believe that is a top 5, top 10 mark on the team. And he is a player at this point. Um, if you put him on any line, and yes, that includes the Sidney Crosby line, and I know a lot of people said that was a mistake last year, but with how he's playing right now, I honestly wouldn't mind it with if the team gets another injury, and they probably will at some point considering this is the Pittsburgh Penguins. But he's a player you can put out there in any situation. You want him to kill penalties? Okay, we'll go do that. You want to put him on the second power play? Yep, he'll, 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 he'll do that too. You want him to play on 5v5? Yep, he'll, he'll definitely do that too. He just probably won't play goalie. But, I mean, you want to put him on the second line, third line, whatever? I mean, he, again, he will play any position, any situation 
That is the kind of player he is. And he, again, he has just been a rock for this team this season. I know a lot of people did not like that Freddie Goudreau got away from Pittsburgh and went to Minnesota on that two-year deal. But I think Ron Hextall definitely made the right decision. This was a move, again, that was definitely questioned by a lot of people in the fan base, at least from what I saw, you know, on Twitter, message boards, and all that. But I hope all those people are definitely eating some crow right now because Erod has been awesome. And I will say this again, when Evgeny Malkin does come back, and if they are still fully healthy, there's no more injuries and all that, he needs to stay in the lineup full-time. I think it would be, I, t- I teased it a few minutes ago, it would be Simone coming out. And I think Simone's a good player. I think he's had a fine year. But with how Rodriguez is going, you cannot take him out of this lineup. He is the perfect complementary forward, or one, one perfect complementary forward to this team. And it's crazy how much he's grown as a player this year. I remember, you know, just even a few years ago, he wanted out of Buffalo, just wasn't working. Came to Pittsburgh, was okay in spurts, got hurt. Last year was fine. You know, it was a good 12th forward. Now he's playing like a top nine forward that can play on the third line. Everyone's healthy. The second line, again, you know, I just touched on how he can literally play anywhere in this lineup. And I mostly would not care. Just don't put him in a Jake Gensel spot. And here's some more underlying stats with Rodriguez this year. This is per natural stat trick. He's played 225 minutes at 5v5. Um, when he is on the ice, the Penguins have 62% of the shot attempts. If I recall, I'm um, looking at this whole list right now. That is the best on the team. He also has been on the ice for 66% of the actual goals for um, the Penguins also have 66.4% of the expected goals for. Again, if I am correct, and it looks like I am scoring through this, that is the top mark on the team. Scoring chances-wise, 61.2%. If I am looking at this right as well, yep, that is also the top mark on the team. High danger chances for. six. The Penguins have 63.7% of those when he is on the ice, and he is tops on the team in that. 62.5% of the actual high danger goals for a little below for that but he is number one in almost every advanced metric that natural stat trick tracks for the penguins and it matches up to what we all have been watching on an every night basis this player drives offense he's really good defensively he is everything you want in a forward that is basically making a little bit above the league minimum the fact that that is all his contract is this year is nothing short of a miracle with how much production he's already put up with the penguins so i just wanted to shout out Evan Rodriguez and give him a proper segment on this episode because he has been phenomenal i will say brian dumlin he was fantastic last night these last two games have definitely been his best two of the season it's a bit of a slow start in toronto a bit of a slow start overall this season but it looks like these last couple games i know small sample size but he has started to find his legs he made a couple really nice vintage dumlin plays last night i think there was one when kyle connor was coming in on a a two-on-one or three-on-two, one one of those two, and he had amazing poke check to get the puck out of harm's way. When Dumoulin is making those kind of plays, you know that he is in his element and that he is on his game. So it's been nice to see Dumo get back to having, you know, more than just a pulse in the lineup because that's all he's really been this season. You know, he's just kind of there. He's not making a lot of plays that are like, wow, look at that awesome defensive play. But in these last two, um, it, it's definitely been a bit of a return to normalcy, I should say, for Dumoulin. And before we do get to commercial break, I want to say this again, Tristan Jari, um, I, I will continue to eat crow on this until he stops um, playing well. What 
a performance from him. I tweeted this last night. He has saved 80 out of the last 81 shots these last three games. That is good for a 9.87 save percentage. He also came into that game with a 5.1 goal saved above expected. That was top 10 in the league. And now, as I check Money Puck, he has now saved seven goals above expected this year. Only Sergei Bobrovsky, Jack Campbell, Frederick Anderson, Carter Hart, Jacob Markstrom, Igor Shosturkin, Jonathan Quick, Connor Hellebuck, and James Reimer rank ahead of him. So if my math is correct, he is 10th in the league overall in goal saved above expected. He also overall has a 930 save percentage this year. And if we look at his stats a little bit more, save percentage on unblocked shots, 961. So he has been a menace for this team for these first five to six weeks. And at this point, you do keep riding Jari. I understand Casey Smith is going to have to have some work at some point, but when your starting goalie is giving you, you know, night in, night out, a high chance to win every time, you keep riding with him. I will say, I do think this team is going to have to go out and potentially get a veteran backup. Um, I just don't think Casey Smith is there right now with allowing four or more goals in seven of his last nine starts. He just wasn't playing um, that well towards the end of last season as well. There's going to be options out there, I think, for this team at some point. But overall, um, just another magnificent performance from Jari. Um, I know no one saw this coming. I definitely didn't. And he's definitely eating, making everyone eat crow, excuse me, in this fan base. And I will say this, including myself. So shout out to him. Hope he continues to kill it, and I'm sure he will get the start on Wednesday against Vancouver. But don't rule out um, the chance of DeSmith starting in that game just because the Canucks have been really bad this year scoring-wise. I mean, heck, they've been bad um, defense-wise as well. They're just a really bad team right now. So don't be surprised if DeSmith does get that start, but I still think in the end it will be Jari. But that wraps up this second segment of today's episode. Coming up in the third segment, we're going to get to your listener takeaways and just what you all thought about the game and have a discussion around that. Now, before we do get to that, it's Thanksgiving and you all know what that means. There's plenty of football to go around. Nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. BetOnline has you covered for all the holidays during the holiday season and there's more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. You can head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus with promo code Locked On to receive that bonus. And it's not just football. They have pro and college hoops. They have NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That is BetOnline where we are stuffed, wink, wink, with deals this Thanksgiving. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter, at LO underscore Penguins. As always, I love when you all send these in. I, I just, I very much appreciate them. I haven't done this in a while, but I'm glad I was able to for this game. So starting us off, uh, Penn 67. I love the 200-foot game. Matheson is playing well enough that no one is talking about him. You know, I, I think that's a decent point. You know, I'm glad you brought Matheson up. I think he's at his best when really no one is <laughs> talking about him, to be honest, just because he was making a lot of glaring mistakes. Um, leading up to this road trip and you know he's been fine you know he hasn't wowed me I don't think in, in any circumstance but as long as he's being serviceable toward to this team excuse me that's fine with me you know he's not gonna live up to the contract that he has I don't think anyone is expecting him to but um, he's been fine these last few games 
Um, playing with Chad Rorito will definitely help with that because Rorito is a very steady presence on that bottom pairing. I know I've seen some people say that that pairing doesn't work. I kind of disagree just because Chad is a really good bottom pairing defenseman. But, you know, I think it is best, Pen67, when we don't talk about Madison too much. That, that just means he's not screwing up. So those are my thoughts on that. And he, he also says Rodriguez, right place, right time, repeat. Yeah, he just continues to always be in the right place. And it begs the question, can Jari win a playoff game? Good question. I definitely think with the way he is playing right now, he can. He just can't fold under pressure the way we saw in the Islander series. And I know it's easier said than done. I know the stakes are very high in the Stanley Cup playoffs. You're playing uh, you know, for a championship, for God's sakes. But with the way that he is going right now, with how Andy Kyoto has been labeled as you know a perfectionist, quote-unquote, I, I want to say that I can't see that happening again, but until... You know, history doesn't repeat itself. It's still going to be in the back of my mind that this can happen again. But if it doesn't, you know, that will be the full redemption story for Tristan Jari because he is loving it right now. I see these post-game videos after the game where they like they like to put out, what is that, like that fire helmet or something like that. And Jari is just yelling at all of his teammates. He's smiling and all that. So it's really nice to see him just enjoying himself through this really hot stretch. Alan Teodor says, incredible last three games in a period. They definitely took the swagger with them that Sullivan wanted. Gensel was single-handedly keeping the milkshake factory business. Thank you for that comment, Alan. He he definitely is because, you know, yes, every time that he has scored these last uh, five games, um, what, everyone gets a free milkshake? So I really hope that everyone is just going to the drive-thru and getting whatever flavor they want. Me, personally, I'm a vanilla kind of guy. I That's just, that's how I am. I know that's going to sound basic or whatever. It, it probably is, but I am just not a big fan of chocolate milkshakes. I'm always a vanilla milkshake kind of person. He also says, even though I shouldn't, I'm going for my fourth or fifth Jake's Shake tomorrow. Alan, it is totally okay to go get your fourth or fifth Jake's Shake. If I were in Pittsburgh and I lived there, um, I would be going to the milkshake after every one of his goals. If he scored 40 or 50, I would still go every day. I wouldn't care, even if my bank account was going a little dry. Jackson Hollister says, Jari is playing great. Yep, Gensel's on fire. Overall, the team defense is awesome. The only negatives are Sid is not playing like Sid. Yeah, um, I'll stop you right there, Jackson. I definitely think that he has, you know, I mean, he hasn't played a lot, you know, due to COVID, due to the rest. He's he's going to wake up at some point. It's Sidney Crosby. He's one of the three best players in the world. I think he's, you know, he's allowed a little bit of a slow start, especially when the team is playing well as they have the last three games because they really haven't needed him that much outside of that goal against Montreal and that 6 nothing blowout. Even in these last two wins against Winnipeg and Toronto, he hasn't played well, but the team around him has been able to step up and score some goals in pretty big moments, and the team defense has been awesome, as you said, too. So I think after the next week or two, he should be back to his normal self. So I'm not really going to worry too much about Sid with there. He also says Rust and Kapanen need to step it up. More Rust than Kapanen. Interesting that you say that. Um, I will say Brian Rust has not been good lately. I, I believe a couple of times last night, I think the camera panned to it. He was slamming the door shut um, coming off the ice just because he knows he's playing like crap. Um, this has to be one of the longest stretches that we've seen Russ go without a goal. And it's crazy because he only has one goal in all of their games this season. The only goal that he scored was 
opening night against the freaking Tampa Bay Lightning. All the other all the other games, he has not scored. I mean, he's had a bunch of assists, but he's still not finning, finishing his chances when he gets them. You know, he he always normally does that, considering he's been a twenty five to thirty goal scorer these last couple of years. I want to say that he will wake up, but yeah, he's definitely been a little bit of a concern right now and is someone who needs to wake up too. You know, Kapanen, I I kept saying that keep saying this on every freaking episode that I do. I'll believe it when I see it um with regards to him waking up. But yeah, I definitely agree with your last point. I think it's the little things that they do need to get right. And then finally, um Nick with Gilbert the goat rough first period, but they bounce back in the second and third. I would like to see Sid start to put up some points, but he's still playing good, just not getting any puck luck. Yeah, I mean, he also really hasn't had a lot of chances, I don't think, outside of that big goal against Montreal the other night. Otherwise, he just hasn't been getting to those high-danger areas the way we're used to um, having Sid do. So once he starts doing that, I think you'll start to see him get a lot more points. And yes, Nick, Jay Gensel is an elite player. He's one of the top 10 best pure goal scorers in this league. So That'll do it for this episode of the Lock Tom Penguins podcast. As always, thank you all so much for listening to this podcast. Tomorrow we'll have another episode. I'm going to try to do a post-game one after the game against Vancouver, or it might be a preview one I haven't decided yet. And then Thursday, I will not have an episode due to Thanksgiving. And then Friday, we will be back with either a recap of that game against Vancouver or just a full preview against the New York Islanders from their new arena. But that'll do it for this episode of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. Again, thank you all so much for listening. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes, and I will catch you all tomorrow.